Welcome to the Into the Wilderness podcast. We have an awesome guest for you today, Byron. And who is it? Marina Gibson. We're going to speak, uh, be speaking to a female fisher. Fisher? Uh, female fisher? Yeah, fisher is actually a word. It is. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, fisher woman. Well, I don't know. Fisher. Okay. We're going to go with Fisher. Yep. So that's who we're speaking to today. And uh, a growing growing profile. Um, she's really starting to gain uh, momentum on social media now. She has some really nice, nice content, some good messages. And there are one or two films of her already. And we There's going to be another one. There is going to be another one. But you'll find out all about that uh, during the podcast. All the links for all of her stuff will be in the description. Now, don't forget, guys, we're currently still running our competition where you can win a Bushnell Trophy camera. And all you have to do is listen to last week's show and all the instructions are in there. But we can tell. We can tell people on this week's show. That's a bit mean. Okay. I mean, they, they, people are tuned in after all. Look at my brother being mean with the, the end to enter the competition. That's terrible, Daryl. Okay, so on you go. Okay, right. so... It's very very simple. Now we had we had one or two people saying uh, it wasn't. Uh, it's because they didn't simple. listen. It's because they didn't listen. It's before. as simple as that. They were too lazy to listen. <laughs> too to the lazy show. to listen properly. There are two ways to enter the enter this competition. On our Facebook page, podcast into the wilderness, the pinned post will have the description, and, and the pinned post will change. So regardless of which one that you've commented on, so if it's last week's show which would have been the the pinned post, and then obviously the new show will be the, the new pinned post. Regardless of which ones you've commented on, it still counts. Yeah, don't worry. You will be entered if you entered last as week. As long as it's within the shows that, yeah. that are... So let, let, let's try that again. Yeah. So the pinned post on the Facebook page, just simply share it and comment on it. That's it. Simple as that. Share it, stick a comment in. Job done. If you don't use Facebook, uh, log on to YouTube, podcast, Into the Wilderness, and leave us a comment under the video and subscribe and and subscribe. So even if you uh, even if, if, if you, you don't, don't leave a comment, guys, and you just subscribe, we will not know you've entered the competition because we already have subscribers on there. So you got to leave a comment underneath the the video. So if everybody got that. Facebook, share it, comment on it. If you don't have Facebook or you don't want to do it that way, YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you put a comment underneath the video. Job done. You will be entered in the draw, which we will be announcing two weeks from the re- release we, of this And we podcast. had a question before. Will we ship international? Yes, we will. So done. we're not excluding anyone in this unless you're... In Antarctica? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not excluding anyone. And this show, it will be running until the Donny Vincent episode. Yes, which will be two weeks from when this podcast goes out. Yep. Oh yeah, did I forget to mention we've got Donnie Vincent on the yeah, show? Yeah, we do. So in, in two weeks' time, we have Donnie Vincent on the show and... It's an epic podcast, not is. only because the content and the man that's on it, but it's two hours long. And let me tell you, that is going to go through in the blink of an eye. We didn't even realize how much time had passed, but it's just gold throughout the whole thing. And if you, for whatever reason, haven't seen any of Donnie's stuff, you you might know him from a short film called Who We Are. But if you haven't, just go on YouTube or Vimeo. In fact, go on Vimeo because it'll be nicer on Vimeo and just type in Donnie Vincent and just watch his trailers. They're absolutely phenomenal, cinematically stunning. Yeah, so do that before you listen to the next podcast because everything will make a little bit more sense. 
and uh, you'll be able to appreciate what he's talking about. But this week, we've got Marina Gibson, and I really enjoyed doing this interview. It was uh, an absolute pleasure to have her on and talk with another female within field sports. Yeah, and talk about fishing. Uh, We don't do a lot of fishing podcasts. No, we don't, and we need to do more, and I really enjoyed listening. I mean, you can plainly see how passionate she is. Or hear if you're listening to the podcast. We could see her. We could see, but you could hear how passionate she is about fishing for everything, all forms of fishing. And everything that goes with fishing. We need more people like that. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, We... I'm just trying to think. Yes, well, this is going out on Thursday. So we will be at the Northern Shooting Show in one and a bit <laughs> days' time from when this podcast goes out uh, this coming weekend. Northern Shooting Show, you come and check us out. We are going to be on the Scottish Association for Country Sports tent, um, who are also uh, the sponsor of this podcast. And on the Sunday, we will be doing a live podcast, um, a chance for members of the public to ask questions to a panel. Yes. We're not and, quite sure who the panel is going to be, but sure certainly yet. Alex Stoddart, the director of uh, SACS, will be on that panel and we'll, we'll come up with some questions related to topics that have come up recently. Yep. And I was going to say, oh, you can also check out our episode two early if you're at the yes, morning show. It'll be, it'll be playing on a loop there, so you can come along if you and haven't, If you haven't watched episode one of our Into the Wilderness series, Get onto it. you need to do it. Just put in um, Into the Wilderness, Pace Brothers Into the Wilderness into YouTube. And you will find it. Or you can watch it on Vimeo. And in just over a week after this podcast goes out, episode two will be out for everybody to watch. Now, guys, don't forget, you can listen and watch this show. It's on iTunes, Stitcher for the Android users. It's on SoundCloud. And it is on YouTube as well. So we cater for everyone. And thanks, guys, for all the reviews. You've really, really been leaving us loads of reviews. And they've all been five stars. And it's been fantastic. And that big news. Due to you guys doing this, we told you it would work. So we encourage you, if you've, if you know, just keep leaving reviews. We are now in the top 20 for on number the iTunes, 17. Number 17 on the iTunes chart for outdoor shows so if you look at the what's hot in outdoors we're number 17 so the aim throughout the rest of this year is to get to number one and we can only do that with you guys support from listening listening um, interacting and uh, leaving reviews it's still tell a friend a month tell a friend about the show month of may of may (laughs) so you've got to tell a friend about this show and and get them engaged and Absolutely. that's and what guys, it's all about. You are engaging. And girls. and girls, guys and girls, you are engaging. You're sending us messages. You're asking us for people to be on the show. Mm. Uh, Marina was a suggestion yes. by one of our listeners, and we got her on the show. Donnie Vincent, well, to be honest, we did want him on the show <laughs> ourselves, but he had been suggested by some of our listeners as well. So he's on the show. And it's all down to you guys giving us feedback, giving us questions, giving us suggestions. That's That's how it works. Yeah. So uh, we won't delay you any further. We will jump straight into this uh, really, really nice podcast. Hope you enjoy the show. Marina, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. We've just uh, finished a bank holiday weekend. Was that a weekend that you spent fishing? It was indeed. It's a pleasure to um, be speaking to you guys today. Um, I've been in South Devon um for the weekend i was actually um i had food poisoning on saturday so i had to spend my whole day lying by the sofa um where i could have been fishing <laughs> so oh, that no. was pretty annoying. 
Um, but then I got out on Sunday and Monday, and um, it's a really small river called the River Bovy. Um, and it's really cool. It's got tiny uh, wild brown trout, no stockies, um, and it's just awesome to be out there and uh, testing new places. Were you down there with friends, or was it a trip you went on by um, yourself? My my father actually lives down there. Um, he moved down there five years ago, um, but um, I wasn't really I wasn't really um, down there much until I found out there was fishing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your incentive for going down to see your dad. Yeah, completely. <laughs> now, just to um, just turning the clock back to your sort of early days of this, I mean, field sports and fishing is not something that there are a lot of women involved in. There seems to be an increasing amount these days, but, you know, there hasn't been historically. How did you get into it? So I first got into it when I was quite young, and my parents used to take us up to Scotland every summer. So we learned how to trout fish and spay cast, and we did actually a lot of salmon fishing, um, mostly. And um, my mother is a very keen fisherwoman, um, almost as much as me, Um, but mostly, again, salmon. And um, she's actually moved up there now. She moved up there 12 years ago uh, to carry on following the the fishing dream. So she lives on the River Oikel. And I kind of just followed her path, really. Um, And she kind of gave me more inspiration um, from the trips that she went on and now I've kind of taken um, which, which is actually great because we go on holidays now together oh, that is um, and I go and visit her up in Scotland every year um, we get to go fishing um, for about a week so that's that's my highlight <laughs> so, so where, where do you mainly fish in Scotland? Uh, normally on the River Oikel, where she okay, yeah. where she lives. Um, normally on the Upper Oikel, and I've fished the Borgie as well with her. Uh, we did that a few years running, um, but sadly never caught anything. And join, join the club. I never catch anything when I go fishing here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. Where do you guys go fishing? Well, we we live right on the North Esk on the East Coast. Um, so we the the tributaries are there, but I mean I. I do a lot more hunting now than fishing, but when I was when I was younger, fishing was just my 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 obsession, and oh, I, my, my parents' house is only oh, a couple of minutes walk oh, from, from one the, of the tributaries of um, the North West Water. So for us, it was small, just a, small brown trout. That's all you you caught some. No, other no, stuff. I caught quite a lot of salmon and sea trout when I was growing up uh, on that on that river. But yeah, for for us, it was just a case of off you go, boys, fishing rod in hand, and that was that was how our summers were spent. Um, but after that, once I could drive a car, it was traveling around most of Scotland with my cousin, who's now abandoned me to more interesting and exciting fishing in New Zealand. Um, but we spent a lot of years just fishing around Scotland. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a lovely place to fish and there's loads of little secret corners as well, which I'm sure you've explored over the years. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome place and, um, there's just almost too much there to, go and find because you can only give kind of well especially when if you work like me I can only give like a certain amount of days or holiday um, or weeks um, up there but it's just it's just so breathtaking when you are when you when you're up so where did your where did your mother get her interest in fishing from um it's kind of well it was kind of um, this similar situation but not with her parents when she got married to my father they used to go up to Scotland with friends mm. every year and that's kind of where she got her lust for salmon um, and 
yeah, that's it's it's again Scotland <laughs> from your neck of the woods. <laughs> and I've, obviously, I was looking at some of the the films and stuff that you've you've done recently, which we're going to talk about in, in a little while. But it seems to be predominantly fly fishing that you do. Do you do have other types of fishing, or is that really where your heart lies? Yeah, my de- my um, heart definitely lies with fly fishing, but I'm obsessed with fishing. Any fishing, it can be carp fishing with boilies, it can be bait fishing. I I like to test it all out before I um, have before I judge. Um, and yeah, it's when I went my first time carp fishing last year. Um, I was learning all sorts of things that I never even imagined mm-hmm. existed. So that was awesome. And I was also um, fishing with a guy who had only done um, boilie fishing and bait fishing. So it was cool to see his side of the story. Um, and I, I wouldn't say no to anything, to be honest. I love um, just getting out there and being in the outdoors. Um, my my first time fly fishing was last year. I've never I've never done it before, even though he's been doing it for so many years. And I, my first time was in New Zealand, so it was a pretty good place uh, to start. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I actually lived in New Zealand for two years, and I had I was um, fished one river and or a couple of rivers, but never went down to the South Island. And I'm uh, I see all these amazing pictures of people putting putting up these monster trouts, and I just am. Um, hitting myself uh but one day hopefully get back out there because our cousin lives in the south of the north island and a lot of the fishing there is quite the bush is really thick and you kind of kind of bushwhack to get to these places it's just, it's just outside hamilton most mm. of the the places you guys but he takes yeah, that's um where i was near i did an exchange um near hamilton oh okay so, um, yeah it was a very cool experience um but he, yeah. he raves about the South, South Island, though, because he takes, a, every so often, if he gets a bit of time off work, he takes a plane over to the South Island and does a bit of fishing there. And, oh, God, that's so cool. Yeah, it is. We actually just shared a video um, today or yesterday on the podcast page, I'm sure it was, of a, a Vimeo video of some guys fishing in New Zealand. And Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. It was a really beautiful video, actually. It's it's one of the um, one of the only places in the world you can get really good underwater shots, mm. and I've tried so many times in England trying to get underwater shots, but the water's just not clear enough. Um, and yeah, places we, like Chile are the same. We don't, we don't have the clear glacier water that they do. Yeah, exactly. So, of of the types of fly fishing there are, obviously being in Scotland, Scotland is known known uh, for its salmon, but also we've got some fantastic. Um, trout fishing here especially if you you head up north into the little remote lochans do you sample all of it or do you find yourself going back to a lot of migratory fish I, I saw you doing some pike fishing recently as well um yeah so i um i i again i love every type of species of fish um i've also become when i started out fishing i was more interested in perfecting my casting and this is about when I when I um, started doing it every weekend, um, about three years ago, I was more interested in my casting. So basically, I didn't really focus on the species that I was catching, and then it's kind of evolved from then. And now I've found myself really obsessed with fish, <laughs> and this is um, a kind of like an addiction has grown to another addiction, um, and. I, in the beginning, sometimes I would uh, kill my trout and take them home and or give them to friends. And um, But now I find it really hard to... Um, I prefer to ca- 
catch catch and release um, and I find it quite hard to kind of um, uh, take on home unless it's kind of a stock trout um, if it's a wild fish I would rather see it um, go back into its waters and maybe um, have um, that year get uh, spawn and and get some offspring. I was going to ask you about catch and release a bit later, but since you bring it up, we might as well, we might as well cover that now. It's, um, it's something which we see, we've seen a lot more of in recent years. And as, as you will know, uh, a a lot of rivers now, especially for the migratory species, you either have to catch and release for the whole year or at least until, you know, the start or end of June on, on the rivers that are, are near us. And that's because of, just trying to protect the protect the stocks and just like you said make sure that they can go up and, and spawn especially early run fish there's sometimes an argument well i don't know if the argument is made very much but at some point it will be made quite strongly i'm sure as we see in the in the hunting world arguments made against you know whatever form of hunting hunting it is the catch and release although you can build the the argument for the longevity of the the species and spawning that it's maybe cruel if you're just catching and releasing just for your your own pleasure. So, what's your kind of standpoint on that when you're you're defending a catch and release as a as someone who fishes? Yeah, I I do actually totally see where you're coming from. With you know, some people say, well, why why put the hook in the fish's mouth and why cause it that much stress? And also, my mum, who's been fishing for so many years, she's now started to say, you know. Um, all this fishing and all this catching and releasing. I mean, we, maybe we should just leave them alone. And I kind of turned around and went, "What?" <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's been proven that they will forget in days or weeks or months that they've been caught, um, and how long it actually um, takes to heal. But it's it's still about the learning process. So. Um, you know, if you knock a fish on the head, I mean, it, it, that's great. And if you can eat it that night or whenever with friends and family and share um, your stories. But um, when you can even tag and release is even better than catch and release. You can track where your fish go. And and um, I think there's, yeah, there's parts of, parts of it that are um, more likely going to help the environment than than be cruel to the fish. Mm, yeah, no, it's an interesting one. I mean, I've I've spent I sit on the Esk Rivers and Fisheries Trust here, so it's a, a discussion about catch and release and quotas, and uh, you know whether you shouldn't take any fish through uh, certain periods of the year. It's discussions that we've had, you know, year on year for the last five or six years, and in the club that that I was in as well. And it it does take a little bit of sort of getting your head round and. I suppose the ultimate alternative, if you're talking about like migratory stocks, which have been undoubtedly and largely in decline over the last 30, 40 years, that maybe you should just close the rivers. And I brought this up with the chairman of the S Rivers and Fisheries Trust when he was on for a podcast, um, Tom Sampson, who I know quite well. And he drew a comparison with um, some of the, uh, the rivers in Ireland that did just exactly that. They basically just said, right, there's not very many migratory fish in here. We're just going to close the river. So mm. there was no uh, no interest in the river at all. Yeah, no one was looking fish. after it yeah. anymore. And that, yeah, that was the bottom line. He said it was an absolute disaster because there because there was no incentive to look after it and you know clear the blo- uh, blockages. 
maintain the banks and actually have a vested interest and an economic interest as well in the river mm -hmm. system, it actually had the opposite effect. So I, I would always build that sort of part into an argument for for catch and release because it is a way of being able to keep investment in something, but also uh, you know continue to enjoy something that people people enjoy and keep the the river alive and and pay yeah. of course the you know levies as well. I mean all the all the rivers and boards they pay levies on the fish that are caught, and that all goes largely speaking, into, uh, you know, conservation measures and the, the various trusts around the, the country are testament to that. Yeah. I um, I also think that catch and release, if the, I, I suppose social media has become a massive thing and with you've, you've got to be careful about what you post and and how you portray what you're doing in your mm -hmm. life. And I, I think that when when you um, explain catch and release to people that, who don't know understand or um, have no passion for fishing or, or don't understand fish themselves, it's it's nice. It's kind of like a knock a knock on effect, and people um, understand that fish aren't just you know they they see that people actually care about them. Yeah. yeah. So that that that's why I think it, it's good and um, yeah, it's a. I mean, I, we, we, we both, I, I wouldn't say I, um, I practice, as, uh, practice catch and release as an every fish is a caught and release, but obviously I'd say any fish, every fisherman does it whether they think they do it or not because none of us are taking undersized fish. You're, even if you're fishing for fish to, to take, to go and put a, a trout in, uh, you know, in the pot or if it's a river that you're allowed to take salmon at some point, then you, know, you take a salmon for your freezer you will undoubtedly catch things that you're not intending to catch at some point. So you are catch and releasing to get that specific fish. Yeah. Um, and I think some people, like some fishermen who are maybe against it, don't think about all the fish that they actually put back because it's not what they were after. Mm. Um, I mean, and um, I mean, even what about the fish that you're not, you have to catch and release and, then I don't know. They get caught in the gills and they start bleeding, and mm -hmm. or they die on board, and then you have to just chuck them, um, chuck them overboard to because you can't take them home like the bluefin tuna or um, other species. That, that's um, always been a thing that bugged me, especially with uh, the the more the com com commercial side of fishing when you, mm. they catch the wrong species and they... And just throw them back. And throw them back. And mm. I think that's one of the most horrible things it's, that, it's that could be done. I mean, it's at the end of the day, they're dead. Most of them are dead. Yeah. So... <laughs> there, was, um, I, there was a lady, I don't know, I, I can't quite remember whether it was New Zealand or America. She caught a record uh, tuna, and a bluefin tuna, and um, she... It died while they, whilst they were trying to get it back and uh, they had to chuck it because they weren't allowed to take it back to shore and that for me is just like the most uh it's it's just so wrong yeah it's that's where sort of the common sense prevails over the strict lines of the you know laws and regulation yeah and i suppose yeah. we, you have to have a certain trust that people are going to do their best and like mm. you said you know we can these days with social media, you see a lot more and you see it live and, you know, it's happening and people are, are live posting stuff. And I think there definitely has been in, in, in the fishing community, although I don't follow it as closely as I, as I used to, is that you can certainly see the sort of duty of care that people who fish have 
for mm. what they're trying to catch, whether the, whether they're taking it and eating it or indeed they're mm. catch and releasing it. Yeah. Well, I, I see on uh, your social media that that you've had a few few messages from people saying you you know you're basically inspiring young young women and and children uh you know trying to get into the sport over the last few weeks so i mean that that's pretty good on i mean on... That, that's what it's all about really isn't it yeah i mean that those messages uh just really got to me i mean i was i was over the moon and that was um starting up my blog was kind of that was one of the reasons um why and actually um only recently have i started um seeing girls following my social media um which is amazing and even um i get some messages asking what clothes that i wear underneath my fishing gear and mm -hmm. and just um really nice interaction and we there's just more and more girls there's so many more girls um getting into the sport and this is another um good way of getting people to learn about their country and uh the the soil that they live on and it's just it's you it's see some amazing things when you're just fishing i think it, it all leads yeah. on because if you get someone introduced into fishing at a young age then they're going to start to take appreciation on not just fishing but everything else yeah, exactly. that goes goes with it that wild environment yeah yeah exactly i mean one of your comments here it's uh, obviously from a father and he's basically saying that he's shown his 10 year old girl uh yourself to try and get her into into fishing that's uh, one one of the messages that they they sent you know that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's awesome i'm still waiting for photos i asked him to send me a um a photograph of her first fish that she caught um but i haven't received it yet but i'm going to be um checking in and asking where he's oh, that'll there. be lovely that will well, was there something that was there a particular moment that made you sort of start building the public profile that you have I mean, what's your what is what is your story from just being infatuated with fishing and it coming from from your mother and your father and all the sort of family holidays to where you are now, which is you know more of a public figure. Um, when I I think it started with my Instagram, uh, I did to just uh, keep it um, as fishing and not personal. Um, I started off um, a few posts here and then personal, but um, then it evolved into just fishing. And then I decided to put fishing on the end of it. So Marina gives some fishing and I was biting my finger. I was just like, I, I, I didn't want to feel, I didn't want everyone to be like, Oh, she thinks she's like a fisherwoman and da -da -da. but I just had to take the crunch and thankfully it's paid off. And every step that I've been through um, has been, I don't know, I felt very um, uh, kind of vulnerable, but not, not, I haven't felt that confident in doing it. But now um, after creating um, a small following, I feel um, good about what I'm doing and um, how I'm promoting myself um, in in my fishing and my outdoor life and hopefully i can just kind of build on that i'm i feel like i'm only at the early stages mm -hmm. and i feel like i have a long long path to go um and so much to learn as well um and it's just yeah hopefully one day i'll be <laughs> i mean you, you've got some amazing pictures on on your instagram uh, i mean we, we've been sharing some pictures from your instagram and you really do have some cracking pictures uh, of, do you, of fish how do you do you uh, do you have somebody well i'm assuming well the ones that you're in obviously <laughs> somebody's taking them. All the time. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, how have you managed to get so many great pictures? Because uh, you know, we we know doing our own uh, filming and and you know, pictures off the back of the stuff that we do that you do have to plan it, you yeah, know, and yeah. you do need that other sort of capable person with a camera to be able to capture that nice stuff. Um, I, I guess it's been building up through uh, the past years and we've sometimes I'll, I'll just have friends with me. Other times I'll be on my own, which again is really difficult. Like you guys know to take photographs. Um, and then other times um, there's a group of us that are out and, um, it's it's always better with a, a good good camera, mm-hmm. um, and I've actually just invested in one. Um, it's a wise choice. Invest early. Yes. You know, I, the one yeah, thing I, I regret, yeah, is, yeah, the one thing I regret is that because I, I I've been writing for one of the hunting magazines for quite a few years, and I've taken a load of pictures. And they're all right, but if I look yeah. back at them, I just think, you know, why don't didn't I buy, just spend the extra money, have the kit that I've got now, and then the pictures yeah. would have been amazing. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. And also when, um, let's say, you write an article about something that you did maybe a year ago or two years ago when you didn't have the camera, mm. and then someone says, um, oh, do you have the high-res ones of these? And you're <laughs> like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's been going on for a while. So I decided to just um, get a small SLR compact one that I could change the lenses. And um, and it's actually um, brought uh, fishing and the trips and the adventures into something new because I'm now enjoying photographing the wildlife and what's going on around, not just the fish and the you know, when I first started out, when I caught a fish, it would literally be like, take a picture of my, the fish, which I'm holding, and then do whatever with it. Um, but now I'm kind of uh, looking at it in a different perspective and um, taking photos of um, the flies and the water and um, every all your surroundings is, yeah. is just, it, it takes you to a different world. I, I can, I think we can, we can totally relate to that because before we started consciously trying to capture all that in a, in a in a different kind of way it was exactly what you said it was a a picture so that you had that snapshot of a memory to, yeah. to jog yourself when you when you had a look at it again but now it, it's a totally new dimension you, yeah, you're you looking of, you're looking for everything yeah and you, you look can, at it in a totally different yeah. way yeah and uh yeah i think that's, that's awesome it, it it definitely makes the trips more exciting than they were ever before um for us sometimes it makes it more painful because we have so much camera equipment now and we have to we have to carry it around oh with, yeah with you i saw that in your uh, series one um that you had all oh, that so you're, you're you're one of the clicks on our views that's brilliant <laughs> but i i love the fact that you went from the beginning to end and you explained everything in sections. So if someone didn't understand what you were doing and didn't understand hunting and stalking and uh, conservation, then you've explained it really well. And oh, it's not, you, you know, you see all sorts of things, but you guys have really nailed it. Just right. wait until you see episode two. It's even better. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, for, for us, and I can see that it's the same for you with the, with the stuff that you post and the things that you write, It was. it's always been a... There's plenty of material out there for the sort of the gratification of the guys and girls who do it anyway. You know, those people who fish and those people who hunt, they appreciate, uh, you know, they all appreciate the sort of the basics if you put it out there. But it's to try and reach people outside that and let them let them in, you know, let them understand and provide provide it on a plate and education. That's why we started doing the podcast was to Mm. have an open platform that anybody could tune into for nothing 
and try and learn something. And, 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 and you know, and why we started the the Instagram account yeah, and, and, the, and the, the series that uh, was all of that yeah, business. and the Instagram account. That was one thing that always actually surprised us with the amount of interaction and the amount of people that start to follow you when you start putting up good good content. Um, yeah, it's, it's been one and of, good photographs. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. So what um, the kind of spin-offs and things that you've been involved in that you might have not otherwise been involved in off, off the back of the the profile that you've been building? What are the cool things that, that you've been doing? You know, in the last uh, year, we, or two? we know you've been filming recently as well. Yeah, there's there's um, been an unbelievable amount of people who have contacted me, including you guys, which is um, awesome. And it um, it varies between that film um, that you guys saw the other day with um, by Matt Duncanson, yeah. and that was just a snippet of actually um, a longer. A, a video of pike fishing and um, it's he just did that little snippet one minute uh, film for me um, and yeah anyway the longer bit of, um, film is out I think later this year on and, what how, how can we see this um, well I can let you guys know and also um, if you I mean but uh, between now and when it's released, I'll be uh, releasing pictures okay, and okay, yeah. snippet videos and um, tagging. And um, it's actually called Killing Time. Okay. Well, for it, at the moment, it's called Killing Time. That might change. Um, but so if people want to know and, and keep up to date with that. The bottom line is they've got to you follow, follow you on you. Facebook or yeah. Instagram. Job follow done. me. Job done. <laughs> um, I like pit, I like pike fishing, so I'm gonna. Yeah, he's have, a big pike fishing fan. Uh, so I'll have particular interest in this one. Well, it's got um, it's it's got some really cool bits, and it's definitely worthwhile waiting for. And um, it's got John Hall, who's the riverkeeper at Broadlands, mm-hmm. and uh, Matt Duncanson's profile is really cool. He's got some really cool videos out, um, with all sorts of fishing and um, and yeah. So that that's that's uh, one thing that's come from my social media, and then um, other things like. Uh, really cool people who've uh, asked me to represent their company like angling iq um what is that i i saw that but it's not a it's not a brand i know yes yeah, so it's basically a, a fishing app and you can it, it's basically like a 21st century logbook for your mm-hmm. fishing and it's kind of you know it's, it's sad to say that i don't actually keep up to up to date with my fishing uh, written book but with angling iq it, it's amazing because you can just do snapshots catches uh, weights girth everything you can think of um and it's all in an app that people can share um with each other and you can look at um other people where where people have been fishing and so what we can check you out on the app if we yeah if we yeah, need to. yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay and um, what baits they've been using as well. So what flies? Um, of course, lure, every everyone lure. who fishes is going to tell the truth on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a fisherman's secret. Yeah, um, absolutely. So um, they've asked my mo- mother and, and me to come go to I- Iceland this year and to do a bit of filming and for, for the app uh, is this? Yeah, for the app. Yeah. So I, I guess. It's it's kind of a knock-on effect to um it's like a week of um catching things that we wouldn't normally wow. um i've always catch. wanted to fish in iceland I've, there are some really good videos out of iceland and they all look just amazing 
Yeah, it's. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. It's. They get some great underwater filming in Iceland as well because the water's so clear. Yeah, and also it's it's a shame about Scotland, but I've been to Scotland in the last. I think it's five years. I've been consecutively, and I haven't caught. um, Actually, that's not true. Um, A couple of years ago, I did catch two salmon, but then those are the only two since I was twelve. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm really gagging to just go to Iceland, get my get this itch <laughs> yeah. away forever, and then go back to Scotland and enjoy like relaxing. It doesn't matter if I catch anything, <laughs> but yeah, it will be nice to nice to be out in a different place and different settings and beautiful um, mountainous landscapes. And are you doing apart from your blog? Are you doing um, a bit of writing for any of the fishing magazines or any of the country sort of life magazines as well? Yeah, um, I have started that actually uh, last year. I think I had the one, my first one was for the Field magazine. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, then I'm doing, oh, actually another one's coming out in the Field in two weeks. Um, And um, other off the scale, um, yeah, so... Here and there, there's there's lots of there's there's lots of potential um, articles that I'm writing, but it's it's just so hard to find the time. Hmm. Um, well, I was going to ask you about that because you 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 live and work in London. I know I'm intrigued. I, I, about I'm, this. I'm intrigued as to yeah. why oh. clearly you're you know you're yeah, yeah, yeah. please massive, help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sitting in there in in London. I I used to I've worked in London as well um, before I did what I'm doing now. And, it and was Byron, just, Byron went. I need to get out. Of here. Yeah, and he I got out of there. <laughs> I was just I just I just went mad because I had the same you know just the thirst for the the countryside and the wildlife and everything. How how do you first of all how do you survive and what was it that made you make that decision to, you know, you've got your, your, your life and your work, obviously, that you have in London, but then I know that you escape at the weekends to go fishing. I guess um, it's the fear factor of if I actually gave up my London job, then I wouldn't be able to, and, and maybe I decided to do my, um, go along with my fishing career mm. or uh, went to the countryside and got a job. I would just be worried that I wouldn't be able to uh, sustain my fishing lifestyle because you, you go to some pretty cool places, I have to say. Yeah, and I mean, I my all my holiday days are fishing. I've even just asked for unpaid leave to go fishing. So, That's so, dedication so you're to the saying cause. that you need to work in London so you can feed your addiction. That is that is the bottom line, really. <laughs> it literally, is that, and it's a better addiction than anything else. <laughs> now, I I want to know. Do you take many of your friends from London? Do, I mean, do any of them fish, or uh, do any of them go? What are you doing? going fishing <laughs> yeah I've, I've te- I have uh, taken a few um, and some have loved it and never come back <laughs> some <laughs> they've had enough um, others I've got this uh, friend who's actually come with me a few times uh, she doesn't really fish but she enjoys coming and watching, and just watching and most yeah. of the time it's been abroad so it's she's she's been able to kind of like sit there and sunbathe mm-hmm. um, but one time I took her to Zion Park which is just outside London and um, she got out of the car and I was like do you have do you have a jacket and she was like no I'm wearing one I've got my leather jacket on <laughs> and I was like actually you can't come fishing in a leather jacket <laughs> no hang on you've got to be stylish hilarious um yeah so um and then other friends i find it really hard to keep them interested and mm. i've actually got a really good friend uh, now who i've met through fishing and uh, we've started to go fishing together and it's so good and it's so fun being out with a girl um 
and I do have lots of guy guy friends who um, who fish, and uh, my boyfriend fishes as well, which is very very lucky um, for me because yeah. otherwise we wouldn't see each other. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, I, what about your uh, your work colleagues? Because yeah, what are they? Because I used to get a lot of kind of intriguing and uh, intriguing questions, and people just thought I was a little bit mad. Not so much for the fishing, but because when I worked in London, I was doing a lot of hunting. Well basically every minute I wasn't working there as so I used to get odd questions all the time and just people thinking it was completely bizarre oh yeah yeah they they um also follow me on Instagram which is kind of annoying because now they know everything that I do um so and if, I if you've got a sick day and you're <laughs> you're, that's it you're, you're screwed well, when I'm in the office I just like I put like something up saying wish I was fishing <laughs> don't do it um yeah, so they they're intrigued. They love it, and I think they love um, having someone there who's interested, like really passionate about something outside the office. Yeah. Um, and I've actually um, kind of forced them to come on a fishing day with me. All of them, seven guys, and so I'm going to teach them how to fish, which is which is will be fun. It's in June, oh, and um, actually beforehand, I'm going to take them to the park in lunch break and get them to uh, start casting, practice their casting. Otherwise, there's just no point. Yeah. It's so, good to... is there anywhere in London that you can go and fish? Um, there are, and um, I actually started fishing and kind of casting practice um at zion park which is not too far away uh, from where i live it's about 20 minutes in the car and there are other places like battersea um you've got wandsworth you've got all those uh, lakes but i actually haven't fished uh, them uh, they're mo- i think they're mostly carp and um but i've also started fishing last season the, the river wandle which is a chalk stream mm-hmm. um would you believe and it's running through uh wandsworth um, I'm actually not quite sure where else it goes, but um, Wandsworth is so close to me, and I just jump in my car after work and go and oh, see what I can catch. And I haven't caught anything yet. But I've only been once, and um, this season because I I found out about it last season at the end, um, so I went once, and uh, now I'm this season I'm gonna get down there. And apparently there's a hatch of mayfly down oh, there. So that'll be, yeah, that'll be nice. Well, I have to try and catch that. Yeah. I just wanted to go back to something you, you you said just a few minutes ago about you you taking some people with but um over the years but it'd been difficult to kind of keep their interest. Why 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 do you think that is? I mean I I know I know what you mean and it it can be quite difficult to I, I want to say for them to be bitten by it but I mean that's almost that's almost mm-hmm. what it is. Um but yeah. it's more than just sort of feeling the the tug on the end of the on the end of your rod. And I don't know if it's because, um, you know, like obviously yourselves and us, we were brought up with it. So mm-hmm. we experienced it as a young age and you you have all that sort of flooding back memory when you're fishing something today. Um, although mm-hmm. I do know one uh, one friend of mine, his, his wife, uh, she took up fishing. I mean, I taught her how, initially how to fish maybe five years ago and she was in her 50s when she took it up. She just... Yeah. Decided she wanted to try it and she did it and you know well, she, she loves it now. Yeah, she absolutely yeah, loves absolutely it. Obsessed loves it. with it. But why That's, do you, why do you think it is to to get people to maintain the interest or actually get the interest in the first place? I mean, it's so difficult and it's also a question that I've asked myself over and over again. And I think there are so many factors that um, play a part in. I think, com- I mean, for girls, it's a fact. Um, many 
uh, various reasons. And I think um, going on your own, mm. don't you don't know where you're going. Maybe they don't like the, the fishy slime, mm. <laughs> the smell. Because I know that a lot of girls are like, oh, no, don't come anywhere near me after I've been fishing. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> And then um, what else? Um, I think... It's just knowing where to begin. It's so it's quite really, daunting. You think maybe that? Yeah, I mean, and there is a lot to it. Bite yeah. it. Mm. If you if you want to really focus and really get good at something, you have to go on your own at some point. Yeah, so you, you it. Uh, what I've said in an article that's actually coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, it's where basically top ten places to fish when you're kind of starting out, or maybe mm. you don't know where to go, um, and. I've just said, like, maybe if you are not confident enough, join a club um, or, I don't know, you've, you've got to ask people um, for, for advice. You've got okay. to ask, you know, there's loads of people out there that you can ask and um, it's just where to begin. And um, that's how I kind of started out. I, I asked some people where I could fish near London. I, I uh, got my rod sorted and it kind of... Um, went from from there um but you've just you've you've just got to have someone kind of egging you on and sometimes uh, if let's say you've got a husband who fishes and a, a boy or a boyfriend who fishes um then that can be a massive part in um in starting up because you kind of want to you know spend time with them mm-hmm. and if if you're going to spend time with them you have to start you know <laughs> enjoying the things that they so it's enjoy it's like a, a, a bit of a kickstart yeah to <laughs> yeah because it, it's it's a really hard one to explain and those people who just love fishing and love everything that that entails you know everything from the actual fishing to there was a period of time where i think i spent more time tying flies than i did fishing because i enjoyed that just as much and the thinking <laughs> about what i might catch with it that you know there is also- so much to it yeah, but I also think um, I I I just want to tell people how amazing it is uh, to to leave your flat instead of um, going out and being hungover all day. Just leaving your flat and going and exploring and catching fish or um, stalking deer or whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. uh, going for walks, bird watching, anything um, outside is just a hundred times better than something inside, and. Um, if with with fishing, it's it, it's something that I can't really explain because I'm already hooked and there's, there's no turning back now. But it's amazing, and if you do have the chance to do it, do it because if you get good at it and you start enjoying it, you won't, you will never look back, right. and it will be a part of your life forever. It's just consuming. I, I think I've always kind of seen, um, particularly fishing. It's like uh, it's like a minute every time you go fishing, especially if you like fishing the fishing rivers which kind of you know they wind and turn and go around blind corners and you never really know what's what's around the next corner it's every every time you go it's like a mini adventure you never yeah. really know what's going to be there what animals are going to be there what height the the water's going to be at if there's going to be salmon sea trout in the river and it's 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 a way to kind of explore without really having to go too far from home yeah i i agree um i love seeking out new places as well I, I get quite this is um, going back to the species I, I don't like to do just one thing all the time I'm, I always have to mix it up otherwise I get a bit kind of bored of that one thing um, so going to new places and um, not knowing what's around the corner like you said it's just incredible and um, yeah you get to kind of learn about 
the country and maybe even um, different countries if you if you're lucky enough to go abroad and and yeah go and explore. So, sorry, were you going to? Ask uh, I was going to say over the last uh, few years, me and Byron, some of the the pools and stuff that we fished in as a kid, we've actually dived most of them. Uh, with, uh, well, I've done a few in Aberdeen with that, scuba, scuba, scuba gear on. Yeah. yeah, I know. When, when, it's when... kind of cheating, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, just out of interest for myself more than anything, because I, I really like just watching watching fish underwater. I spend a lot of time diving. And um, yeah, when the salmon are running, there's nothing better than grabbing your scuba kit and then you go That's... go and just you know film them and, and take pictures and... And that's yeah, pretty, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's really amazing to see, actually. Awesome. Some of the, some and also, of the... you would learn so much, because um, that's something that I would really like to do, actually. Um, and it's uh, also a case of how do you do it? Where do you start? Mm. Like, where do you go? But um, you would, you go, being underwater, um, you would learn so much more about the fish or um, where they lie or what they like to kind of um, be around. Yeah. And it, it yeah, is that's, incredible. That's really cool. it, it's amazing, especially. Um, I, I spent more time diving in the sea than I have in, in rivers. But when you're at sea, especially if you're using like a rebreather or something where you're so silent, the fish are behaving naturally. And you can spend ages just watching them doing their, their own little thing underwater. And no one would really, really see that any other way. So cool. One of the, one of the best bits of uh, footage I saw, which actually going back to Iceland, was they spent obviously a considerable amount of time filming the reactions of fish to flies. And, you know, what they did, and it was unbelievable how many times they would react to flies and actually sometimes even have them almost in their mouth. Yeah. You could feel no, no response at the other end, the person fishing. Really? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, we might, I'll see if I can dig that out, I just stick it in the link yeah. to this, this podcast, because that was a really fascinating, just on fish behavior. Yeah, I mean, you never, I mean, I don't think even we've proved why salmon take fly there's there's so many theories loads of theories and yeah. we you you would never know because you're not a fish and you're not you haven't got you don't think like a fish mm. although some fishermen do think like a fish and that's why they catch loads of fish but um yeah it's it's just crazy to think that they have yeah other other things going on oh, they, mind. For, for those people because we do funny enough we do actually have um a fair number of people who listen to these podcasts who don't fish or don't shoot, but they're just intrigued, which we've had the messages through. And that's kind of the whole point that we do this, which is amazing. So just for, for their information, the mm -hmm. reason why you said that is because uh, migratory fish don't feed, or particularly salmon don't feed in rivers, or 99% of the time they don't feed. So why on earth are they taking something which represents food? Which, is yeah. always, which has always been my excuse for preferring to go and fish for brown trout, because at least they want to take my fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, exactly. And also you can just be um, sitting there on the riverbank after a week's fishing, salmon fishing, and no one would have caught anything. And you just think, why, why, why? And then the next week people will come and they'll catch loads. And you just, you just can't explain why. No one can explain why they do it. They just... Just sometimes it's, it's on, sometimes it's not. It's just infuriating. If it was too easy and predictable, I suppose we wouldn't do it though. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's so different in uh, Russia and Iceland because I, I guess they have um, more and vast amount of salmon. But it just seems like it's just a different ball game. Yeah, over I've there. I've not experienced it, but I've seen the pictures and I've seen the you know the colossal fish that they're holding and the numbers of fish that they catch and it's yeah. 
And um, I hear of stories of people who just, um, they've caught however many for the, for the day or maybe even for the week and on their last day or um, they just start playing so they, they do backwards casts or they try and yank the fly out of the mouth to see what it will, it, how it will react or they they don't rise the rod or, you know. Just they, experimenting, It's just yeah. crazy out there. It's, it's, well, it's cool. I think, I think we're going to have to go over to Russia to go fish. Yeah. Well, we are going to um, Ukraine. Yes, we are actually. Yeah. Oh, nice. Not, yeah, that, that's not, for, that, not for fishing. That's for my, that's for my yeah, cousin. Well, like, <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are going to do something. That I don't know about. <laughs> no, apparently there is some he, good well, fishing. He, there. Our cousin was actually ice fishing in Ukraine a year ago, and there were some locals that felt so f- sorry for him. <laughs> they left him fish because he didn't catch anything for the whole day. <laughs> no. Yeah, but he's he's you getting married spend- there, so. When you go on your trips, do you guys always take a fishing rod just in case, or do you kind of leave that behind well, for other? It depends on time of year, because you know when we're doing a lot of hunting here, it tends to be mm. middle of winter for the most of it. So there's not really, you know, there's not well, the seasons are closed, or there's not much to catch. But when I we tend to do trips abroad, most of the time when I, when we go over to Africa, very rarely do I not take a fishing. It'll be, be rude not to. Yeah, and if I yeah, don't yeah. if I don't take one, then I'm staying with a friend who has. I think he's got more fishing rods than I do. The one friend I'm going to stay with, so there's there's normally a fishing rod to hand somewhere. Yeah, for well, sure. when uh, when I was in the navy, I um I took a fishing rod on deployment with me, and everyone thought I was nuts. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that in your. Um, well, I used to I used to catch fish. Um, when when we came in, um, when we were like in one of the harbors, I used to catch fish, and I used to give it to one of the local guys, and he used to give me stuff from the shop. Well, it's out of bartering system so <laughs> yeah, more fool them yeah. <laughs> oh you yeah. sometimes got them to cook them up as well though yeah no i, I cooked uh i cooked a few up on uh, on the barbecue as well just uh dependent but yeah no they're self-sufficient yeah well, like, everyone, everyone, everyone thought i was nuts considering the amount of kit that we had to take out there and this was part of my allowance <laughs> I, had, I had a fishing rod and a tube and, and all my stuff that i needed <laughs> um, go, going back to the the places that you've been outside of the UK that you've experienced, what is the one that you would say to people? You just ha- you just have to do this. It'll blow your Out- mind. Outside of outside of the yeah. UK, yeah. Um, is this for people who who uh, love fishing already? Or well, you can maybe do two. Some... You can maybe do two if you want. People who are already into fishing and people yeah. who maybe for the first time. So um, last year, I went on my first saltwater flat, uh, fly fishing trip, and it was just ridiculous. If you love fishing, it's for me, it was just heaven. It completely, I'm really um, inter- intrigued in uh, sea fish because I suppose they're bigger, they're more colourful and sometimes, and um, it's, it's such a cool way of fishing. Uh, you're, again, if you like dry fly fishing, um, it's, it's semi-similar because you are um, stalking the fish and you're trying to uh, spot them uh, on the flats. And, yeah, it's just awesome. And um, yeah, I would say that that is, if you love fishing, that, must, that has to be on your bucket list. What were you where, fishing where, where was particular? this that you were fishing? So this was uh, Cuba. Oh, Cuba. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, it was a very last-minute thing. I, I had the urge to go, and um, because it was so last-minute, I actually went by myself um, with a travel company. Um, but I just 
yeah, I wasn't being held back. I was, I was going. And um, yeah, so Cuba and we were fishing for, we were targeting tarpon, bonefish and permit. Mm. So yeah, if that is definitely... I, I, I've read a lot of articles over the years in various magazines about people who have gone out and done it. And you see, I mean, the pictures are always stunning because the weather always seems to be amazing. Yeah, it, but um, yeah, yeah, it does seem to just be on a, on another level. And the fish are just seem to be so fast and mm, the fight's mm. just incredible. And somersaulting and, you know, aerial uh, aerobatics, just incredible. Yeah, I, I had to, before I went, I actually went for a fishing lesson. Um, did, did you, you needed a fishing lesson? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. I I still de definitely need fishing lessons, <laughs> um, and yeah. So I basically um, got them to be a tarpon on the end of my line. Yeah. Um, this was at Sportfish and uh, Tom Festing, who was um, my kind of coach at. I, I guess you would say, um, and he basically pretended he was a tarpon, and it's completely different to fishing here uh, because if you normally you'd strike or you'd let them take and then you'd rise, but in those fish you have to because their mouths are so bony you have to strip strike, mm -hmm. and so basically you you have to pull the line as tightly as possible, but you can't lift your rod into it until they're properly hooked and um, kind of you know. Uh, running running away from you or towards you whatever whichever direction right. so it's um yeah it's so you're it's actually all... setting the hook by stripping back the lines yeah and yeah. even then your hook is very likely to not go in properly it's really it's it's difficult and especially i'm not i'm not particularly big or strong and these are big big fish so you have to be ready and you also have to be so calm and collected otherwise you just you panic and panic mode goes on and then and you just lose it so yeah you have to be very prepared um but that's that's more that's for somebody who's probably a fairly experienced in fishing you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to try that as a as a novice i guess yeah probably <laughs> that that's yeah i i would say um you'd need to be spot on with your casting not like you know super amazing but you you have to you have to know how to double haul and to get your line further especially when you're um against the wind as well mm. um and yeah so it's it's testing but if you if if you make that your kind of aim, then when you get there, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> and if someone was going abroad uh, with the opportunity to try fishing for the first time, location? Um, oh God, that's a difficult question. I mean, I would say Alaska <laughs> yeah. because there are so many fish, but I've never been, so I can't really say. Because uh, you know, I think that, that that what you say there is right, though, because. You know, when we were kids, we would, my, my dad would take, I mean, I just, I, I spent a lot of years it was, as a little kid just following my dad around fishing, you know, before I could fish. But then when it became to the, the stage where, you know, you could actually cast and stuff yourself, it was taking us to uh, stop, stop, you know, trout fishery, yes. which, so you, you know, could tiny, tiny little put and take yeah. fisheries, which I would never go to now, but they definitely have a place because it, you can learn a lot in an environment that's, you know, that's safe for a start. And you can, it kind of gives you the bug to start with. Yeah, you, it's, it's you hard to keep a, you know, an eight-year-old or seven-year-old engaged yeah. if they're not catching anything. When you're fishing for salmon, like yeah, you did for definitely. so many years, yeah. without catching. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
for example, the place that I've just fished uh, last weekend um, in Devon, um, it's it's so difficult. The, the fishing is so tough and it's a tiny, tiny little river. You've got overhanging trees everywhere. Um, you've got, you know, places that you can get stuck left, right and centre. So there's just no point in, in teaching someone how to fish on a river like that. Yeah. And nowhere even close to that because they're not going to enjoy it and you might as well just not even take them at all. No. Um, and, yeah, I definitely agree. Trout fisheries is definitely the place to start out um and yeah I, that's I, I know that when i if i if, if it's been a not even if it's i was going to say if it's been a while but that's just making excuses when i when i go to the river quite often i'll find you know you make up that beautiful cast and within two casts you're stuck in the tree especially yeah. if it's the kind of environment that you just described which is most of the most of the it river fishing to I the do. best <laughs> And I, you think to yourself, why do why do I do this? And then you pull it out the tree. Now you've lost your three flies on the tree now. And <laughs> yeah. oh dear, but yeah, that would be a, it. Would be a demoralizing environment to to be picking it up for the first time, for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You oh. need open open spaces, nothing around. You need a um, hell of a lot of stockies in lake or the river where you're going. Um, but I, I you like I liked your idea idea before um, of going to your local park to go yeah. cast because if you don't have room in your garden then yeah. you know that's that's the next best option really yeah this is what i'm, I'm starting out this uh year i'm starting a kind of a group casting in the park um so anyone can come oh, that's cool. and um it's just I, I i also want to practice as well mm. uh practice makes perfect <laughs> and um i want to do uh, double-handed single-handed um your lightweight rods everything um mm. and uh see whoever wants to come um can come along borrow some rods and just um enjoy like relaxing and winding down after work and then at least those people who um you know aren't confident enough to catch a fish or net a fish because their casting isn't great or you know if they're on their own um they 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 can't go on their own because they can't do it properly. Well, this is a chance to kind of you know practice and mm. and it's a do really it. good idea. It's a good idea, and I bet you'll turn it into a thing. I was next, just going to say Next thing that. you'll know, there'll be people with you know their wine after their their session, picnic blanket, and they'll all yeah, be yeah, casting and you know <laughs> taking turns, and you'll be all pissed by the end of the night. <laughs> but you've had a bloody good time casting, and you've learned something if you can remember yeah. it the next day. I was just going to say, I bet you, twelve months, twelve months from now, we'll it's be having thing. you back on the podcast because it's this worldwide revolution: casting in the park, casting in the hashtag park, hashtag casting in the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone will be like, "But where's the fish? Where's the water? This is not the point." <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, have, uh, we have wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, it, it, yeah, it's exciting. Um, a lot of what we've, uh, well, not, some of what we've talked about has been about getting getting people into it and you know engaging people. And I know we we talked about before we uh, briefly before we came on the podcast the the Wild Fisheries Review, which is ongoing right now. And it was brought to our attention actually by the, the sponsor of this uh, podcast, Scottish Association for Country Sports, when they were <coughs> working out what their response to the, the consultation was. That there is one section in there, section twenty-eight. If anybody really wants to go through the whole thing, yeah. but the the response is sixty, something, sixty-eight as well. Which talks about uh, the implementation and requirement for a, a permit system 
where everybody would basically have a, have a registered certificate to enable them to fish and take fish. It's a bit and like a, a bit like Australia. Because when I was I lived in Australia, and you needed a permit for not only to fish, but for every type of species basically you had to apply for a separate permit for limits, um, yeah. Yeah, for your limits and that also included your shellfish and crayfish and that you had to apply for a completely separate license for them as well mm. and, and with this one that well what the recommendation is there's nothing to say that it's actually going to go through mm. is that they could revoke it if there was if you did something if you were caught poaching or we're not quite sure the detail yet because they haven't fleshed it out but what could result in you actually losing this license a bit like losing a gun license um, but what what is your take on that because it, it seems i can see maybe some positives in it in terms of regulation but equally it sounds like it's going to be something that's quite expensive to implement and yeah. also it it seems like maybe another barrier to entry into something which as we've you know we we spent quite a bit of time discussing is already quite difficult to get people enamored about well to to give you an example in australia i was paying 60 dollars a year for your basic species and that didn't include your crayfish license which was another 40 or 50 dollars so you're talking 60 or 70 pounds before you even and that's over there yeah, yeah that's over there as well before does you even this start. include even the uh the fish that you release or is it just just what you keep is I, I, I think just... anybody who's fishing will need to have in, in, in have australia license. the way it worked was if you are going fishing you need a license yeah. period regardless of your catching okay. or anything but that's the same because we need a license to fish in the uk is that well, you need a rod license in England, but in not England. a rod license in, in Scotland. Scotland. But I suppose you, you buy a license to fish a specific beat, but this would be a general license that Across everyone the board, would have to everyone. have wherever you fish. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's kind, of, it's kind of similar to the one in the UK because I hold a license for my whole year and that covers me with freshwater, still water, all sorts of, you know, You're talking about your, your rod license in England? Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, I don't know. It's it's difficult, and I also think you know, um, is it? Yeah, I I don't know much about it, so I I can't really give divulge in, in too much. Otherwise, I might say the wrong thing. But um, I think it's it's a, a good thing for someone to if they want to go fishing all the time. I think it's a good thing to have a license because um, you know some of that money is going to conservation or um, it's giving statistics for uh, the fisheries board, um, ev everything. It, it is, um, it's, it's okay. And I, I've, yeah, I've started doing it every year now. Yeah, I um, suppose the, the difference with this one here is that, uh, you know, you, you need a, you pay a, a license or a, a, you, you have a fishing ticket to fish whatever beat you are. And by mm -hmm. virtue of that, you would be submitting your return anyway, like you have to do on, on most beach. You have to submit whatever it is. And that, uh, proportionally of that, or if you, especially if you're catching migratory fish, some mm -hmm. of that has to go into the fisheries boards, which then goes into the conservation. And this is another level on top of that. Um, mm -hmm. They haven't really explained exactly where the money would go or even whether it would be feasible to implement. Um, but it's something which I don't think a lot of people have picked up on. Um, and it's it's no, not necessarily going to happen no yet. I idea so. about that. Um, uh, before you um, told me, I had I had no idea that uh, actually even Scotland had a different system, um, and or there was going to be a new system um, yeah. in place. I think uh, 
for for anybody who does fish in Scotland, certainly, um, it's something that they should need need to pay attention to. It's uh, it's got the response to the consultation is, has been submitted now, so we'll find out in the next couple of months what parts of the original consultation will be taken out, what's going to be amended and changed. Um, but I would I would definitely it's you know it's you see this in in every in every um, different activity. There's always regulation that that changes the way that you can do it whether that be fishing or hunting and it's easy as participants to think oh well i'm not going to bother myself with that because someone else is going to read it but it's uh, and i'm equally equally as guilty as that you know i sit on the fisheries trust i read, read a lot of content that comes through but i didn't i didn't notice that the first time i read through it i just like most people you're, you're busy with other things and there's a, a lot of paperwork to go through i mean who's going to read through all the consultations that go yeah. through government but it you know if you're it's something that will di directly affect you if you're fishing here so mm. anybody who's uh, listening to the podcast who does fish up here i'd make a point of uh, log just googling it log on to the the Scottish government website and all the information's there and just keep an eye on it. I'm sure that the fishing magazines will, will pick up on it as it, as it comes through, but it's something just to bear in mind. No, yeah. no, uh, sorry, uh, carry on, on you go. Oh, I was just about to say um, that uh, the, I read up a bit, bit about it um, today and um, it did mention that you can get it taken away quite mm. well, not easily, but you, for various reasons you can. And, um, I, I wonder what kind of list they put together to. Yeah, that's of... a good question. Mm. Now, now changing the topic completely, we noticed on your website that you have hunted at some point in your life or been involved in it. Can you elaborate on that? What have you? Because that's what... kind of our day-to-day -day life. <laughs> yeah. So that that's another thing that I um, kind of brought up um, um, around. My brother is an avid hunter, uh, so like I am an avid fisher woman, he is obsessed, um, like you guys. And um, I've been uh, a couple of times. So I've been stalking. Um, I've been lucky enough to um, shoot a stag and a uh, a doe, and that's that. That's um, that's all I've been. I've actually done. But you say that's all you've done, but you know, it's I mean, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah that's it, quite a yeah. lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was it was a, such a cool experience. I remember. Um, this was probably actually before I was really uh, into fishing. Um, my mother lives um, up on the River Oikel, so uh, her, the stalking is very, very close to her. And um, it was my first time. And when I shot a doe, I just remember feeling um, it was just amazing it, because we had been out all day and it was right at the end of the day. And it was just, it was incredible. We were on top of... Um, the we were we were on top by lying on the heather and it was just yeah it was an awesome experience and um yeah how do really how cool. do you how do you compare it to how do you compare it to the 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 feeling and emotions when you're fishing compared to to hunting like that um is it totally different for you it it is it's it's totally different um because it's actually um i would say i'm not very experienced in the hunting um, side of things, and it's when when I 
uh, first kind of picked up a rod and and went on my own and um, did all that casting practice and went to new places, it's kind of the same feeling as I have for hunting because I don't have the confidence to go and buy my own gun and go and stalk myself by myself. Um, it's all quite daunting. Um, but that's this kind of same feeling I had when I first started out fishing. Um, and I, yeah, it's, it kind of all goes together because it's, you're being, you're outdoors, you're, you're hopefully bringing food home and instead of buying it from the supermarkets, which we all know which one's better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and also when you go through, I've watched your guys, um, your your videos, and you you go for days without seeing or shooting something. And when you do actually finally shoot something that you um, have picked out of a, a a group, and you you're shooting it for a reason, and then you get to eat it, and um, it's it goes it, it's from you get all the stages, you know where it's come from, and you it it's just you can't explain how much better it is. It's immensely satisfying. Yeah, immensely. And um, it just doesn't compare to, to something that you have no idea where it was killed and what happened to it and uh, where it lived, the conditions. It's, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Is it something you're going to do, you can see yourself doing more of uh, in the future? Yeah, I think it would be quite cool to mix, uh, combine the two. Yeah. Or McNab. <laughs> you could try for a McNab. Oh, yeah, I would love... Me, me I, and Byron are actually going to be combining the two on one of our later yeah, episodes. Yeah, episode five, I think. Because there's six episodes we're doing, and in episode five, we're going to combine the two, do some uh, fly fishing, and we're going to go and hunt something, and we'll spend a few days out on the hill doing that. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, they, they go very well together. And um, my my dream trip is uh, to um, just be out go for a week and just be out in the middle of nowhere and just get into really like get into the dirt and get into just get absorb into everything yeah. yeah um but yeah the mcnav that would be i know a lady actually who's one of my ins fishing inspirations uh, she's called lilla Rowcliffe, and um she had a double mcnav in one day oh wow that's there can't <laughs> be know. very many people who have achieved that <laughs> so um yeah, she's she's a lady to follow in her footsteps. Um, so, oh no, that's yeah. yeah. Well, they they do a lot of McNabs up up near yeah, where do, we yeah. are actually. There's one estate uh, not very far from us. That's kind of what they they specialize in. And there's another one that we were speaking to the other day, and they do they do a lot of McNabs there. Uh, but it's a bit of luck of the draw. It's a hard thing to plan because if there's no water in the river, you're going <laughs> to yes. struggle. You can't really, to an extent, you, you can't plan. plan no, it. not really. You just have to. If it's raining, there's water in the river. There's a spate on. You know there's fish running. You just yeah, go. Yeah, you have yeah. to just go and hit it. Yeah, yeah. You um, and also I've been told that um, you should always start with a salmon because they're the hardest. Yep. And yeah. And I think okay. is it the stalking. Is it the, the stalk and then the grouse? Yeah, most people tend to do the stalk second because the with, with the grouse, I guess they could just keep driving. They'll until know. You they'll, get it. <laughs> well, they they normally or either that or they do them with pointers. So yeah, point over pointers, and that would be a bit easier. So you should. I'm not uh, saying it's easy because grouse do move at some rate. Yeah, but it's a lot. It is <laughs> yes. a lot easier over pointers, but it is, it is the most magical thing, uh, McNab, and the, the story behind uh, how McNab started is pretty cool as well. Yeah, awesome. Is it John? John? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
and uh, it, yeah. was, it was all to do with poaching actually poaching, yeah, poaching on say, each other's estates back in the day it was, it was poaching yeah it was just fun and games amongst gamekeepers poaching yeah. bad people no poaching no no <laughs> definitely not definitely not yeah yeah <laughs> It was it was different days back then, it was, and they all knew that they were going to be poaching on on <laughs> yeah, each exactly. other's estates. So it was uh, they all knew. Uh, I was going to ask you about um, hunting and fishing in terms of media perception, and I'm sure you see that almost on a weekly basis, hunting gets a fairly hard time in the media. Obviously, uh, last year we had you know, Cecil the Lion, and we see it every fortnight some some mention about something negative about grouse moors and grouse moor shooting you don't really see that with fishing i mean what and yet fishing is i mean it is hunting you are hunting fish okay you might be catch and release you might be putting them back but equally you might be taking them you might be putting that in your frying pan for breakfast just the same as you take a deer and you put it in your freezer why do you think that is why do the 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 public and the media it's far more palatable to go fishing than than be a hunter Um, something which you do both of I honestly think that the people who are anti-hunting, uh, um, if they do eat fish, I, I think that they just think that there are so many fish in, in the seas that it, they'll just, you know, they'll never be out of fish fish stocks. But I also uh, think that people don't really view fish as an animal or something that has feelings. That's exactly and- what I was just going to say. They're not fluffy. And it, yeah, it really stresses me out because I love fish. Like, I love holding fish just as much as I love holding a dog. Like, it's that crazy. But I I have so much respect for fish. And when you go on a journey and see them, and I haven't seen that much, but I know that they are um, just as um, courageous and um, everything else than, than your stag on a moor or um, every, you know, or your your uh, pheasant that's been reared uh, in England and it's had a really um, great life flying around. And yes, it's it's been reared for a reason. But you know your battery hens they're they're reared in like tiny little you know things, and then their life ends. And you people are okay with that. People mm. can go to KFC and eat that chicken, but then be anti-hunting, and that. Mm for me really baffles me and it it's a topic that really stresses me out as well because stresses people, a lot of people, us <laughs> people are so, so um naive and um actually i read something today um on a friend shared something and it was a clipping from a magazine and it said um um uh, anti-hunters are terrible blah, blah, blah. and then it said um uh, go to your local supermarket where the animals have not been hurt, and um, and I've seen yeah, that it, clipping. I've seen and, that and, where the, and where the farms are made up. Yeah, yeah, like there, there are people. The, the fish, if they the want fish to be anti something. Yeah. If they want to be anti something, learn about it first and then decide because there's there's just no point in. And also, this media, it it's so dangerous this all this media coverage about it because i also think that there there is a lot of uh hunters and you know fox hunting and uh shooting and everything and some some posts that people put up are going to aggravate people yes that's very uh, very so true. we talk about it quite a lot chat yeah. you you put online because all you're going to do is make them angrier and um it's just going to put you in a worse situation than you were 
um, before. And yeah, it's just, it's really sad. We, we've talked about being smart online before. And it's not yeah. about it's not about hiding what goes on. It's yeah. just about being being sensible, more about conscientious it. about your and also, content can be around. Yeah, content and explaining content. Yeah, because you know I, a lot of what we've been talking about is is education, and and that that is a key. It's not necessarily the fault of the people who don't know that they don't know, but mm. you we have to as as fishers as as shooters as hunters put that information out there so that it can be digested. If they then don't don't want to actually pay any attention to that, you know, then you have to, you know, you, you might have to argue your case. But mm. I think we probably have been guilty of not putting necessarily all of the time the right kind of messages out there. The one, um, the one thing that annoys me is sometimes, and me and Byron see this quite a bit, is when you do put facts out there and then it's blatantly like it's lies. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, well, what more? What, what more can you? You'll do? never change yeah. those people. What, what can you actually do? But what you said about fish, I think, is you hit the nail on the head. There is that people can't relate to it, whereas they seem yeah. to feel like they can, you know, relate to a deer because they maybe to saw, a yeah, yeah, they saw a deer in a deer park and they watched Bambi yeah, when they were a kid. Exactly. That's what we need. We need a Disney cartoon Nemo. on it fishing. Exists. Oh, we do, yes. but, but no one fishes for the little clownfish, though, do they? Well, you um, know, you know, when that movie came out, they almost wiped out clownfish on this planet. That you're right, they did. Yeah. What? When Nemo came out, the demand for the clownfish, basically, as a pet, as a pet outstripped oh. what they actually had, what they could commercially, um, I guess, breed. So the yeah. amount of illegal um, harvesting, harvesting of clownfish went up, and and they destroyed a huge population of clownfish. And I bet you those are the same. Some of those people will be the same people who will be anti-hunting. Or fishing. Okay. Yeah. So maybe let's not make it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not here. Yeah. Salmon or trout or. Um, yeah. Um, actually, the other day, Orvis shared um, one of my photos, and um, underneath, uh, someone commented saying, "I can't believe that this girl would hurt uh, an animal." It was a it was a big pike, and she said, "I can't believe that anyone would kill an animal, whatever it is, and you know, a fish or." And I just wrote underneath, um, "This was catch and release. Um, um, I care for every fish that I catch." Um, I didn't say whether whether it be um, to take home that evening or to release because obviously that's going to aggravate her. But um, she had no idea that that, would, that she had she wouldn't have even known what catch and release is and what fishing is. Mm -hmm. So there you go. You just have to explain to people and educate people so that they don't um, give you a reason to to have bad well, press. You, you hit it on the head there. You got to sometimes take the time to educate people. Yeah. That's mm. simple as that. Yeah, and some people are willing to listen. Yeah, those, some those that are. won't probably never will, but it's uh, one step at a time. Now, mm. I had uh, we well we had a question in from one of our listeners um, who is a, that's a, a female listener, and they I'll just pretty much read uh, what they wrote here. They said that there are um, a lot of people in uh, women in field sports who have profiles of some description get inappropriate comments on social media. I guess you know the sort of you know looking sexy kind of comment um do you do you get do you get these how does it make you feel and how do you deal with them or do you kind of ignore them and does it also frustrate you that there is still in the sort of the society that we live in especially with uh, females in field sports uh there is still this premise that appearance seems to matter more than the ability or the actual experience of it um and 
maybe once you answer that, it kind of goes on to something else I was going to ask you earlier, where there are some uh, some females in certain, uh, whether it be fishing, or I, I'm not sure about fishing, actually, but there's certainly a, a handful in the hunting world globally, where they've kind of built their profiles on, you know, wearing skimpy yeah. clothes. And so that that's how they built it up. And it's it's kind of... I tried. It, I tried to wear <laughs> skimpy clothes. And it just, it just, just, didn't it work. just wasn't working, no. <laughs> um, and... Personally, I think that kind of damages the credibility of females who really are really know their stuff and, uh, you know, and doing a great job. And that's what my personal opinion of that is. But if you can decipher the questions out of what I just said. (laughs) okay. so um, to the lady who asked the question, um, I do get some quite strange um, messages or comments under photos. And um, I I remember people in the beginning just telling me to not rise to it um, because some people will be mean some people will but even like well I, I um, rarely put up a kind of modeling kind of shot where I'm not fishing but I'm actually modeling like a bag or yeah, yeah I, know, I know the bag that you're talking about and um, th- it gets so it goes viral but then some of the comments can really get to me um, for example, oh, I bet she doesn't even know how to fish. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh, God. But, you know, it. I guess that that's my way of sometimes trying to build my profile by opening up. But I haven't taken any of my clothes off. I haven't got cleavages or anything yeah. out like that. I've, I, You know, it's it's just It's me. just who you are, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's – and, you know, sometimes I might reply to them and say – um actually no this is not the case um um i'm not trying to kind of you know give you the wrong impression mm-hmm. um but i also agree with you that you really like if you want to go into a sport whatever it is you, you and especially if it's a country you know sport where most of your viewers are going to be people who have done it for their whole lives and they're you know traditional you you don't want to be getting your clothes off you no. you and to build your profile you'll never get the respect that you want to and especially if you're trying to get it long term you'll be written off and yeah maybe you'll get followers that um you know will give you loads of comments and likes um but that's all for the wrong reasons no. and you it's it's your choice but i think it's also a kind of american market where um they I think it's kind of a knock-on effect. I think most of the girls who are um, uh, famous for their fishing are, are also famous for taking their clothes off. <laughs> yeah. So this is why also I'm trying to steer away from that and make people know that, um, look, uh, show people that it's completely normal to be in the sport and not, um, you know, having to take your clothes off, mm. showing off to people. You know, you can be in, in, a, in a man's sport as it is and just be yourself yeah uh, absolutely I, I don't know if you you may know of uh the huntress uh, eva shockey in america she yes. i mean yeah, her, yeah, yeah. her profile is colossal out there and she yeah. she she pretty much is exactly as you've just described you know she is someone who's very conservative about what she does she does a lot in terms of education for conservation and she is who she is there's no you know skimpy clothes at all it's nothing like that and she and as a result of which 
you know, I, I have a huge amount of respect for, and I think the vast majority of people globally, in terms of hunting, her ability and her knowledge and everything else that goes with it, that respect is there because that's how she's built up her profile. Yeah, uh, definitely. It helps that she's got a famous dad who's also <laughs> awesome, but... It, oh, yeah. No, but <laughs> absolute credit, credit to her, though. She has, you know, she has done a lot of her own back as well. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you that's, on that. That's incredible. Um, yeah, just just don't do it. Like, if, especially in the UK, please, no one out there, if they're thinking of doing it, just don't do it. Because honestly, people will just laugh at you at the end of the day. And yeah. Um, yeah. I know, I got you laughed just... at wearing a bikini down the river the other day. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to stop doing that. I know, I've got to stop doing this. <laughs> Marina, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, and coming straight from work to be on our podcast. Uh, it was absolutely brilliant. No, thank you for having me. Um, and it's it's amazing what you guys are doing. And um, I, I look forward to following you um, on your adventures. Well, likewise. And you must send us the, the video links when eventually your stuff comes up. But we'll be, we'll be following on your Facebook page anyway. And we'll, yep. share, we'll share that with the people who listen to the podcast. Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. And that's it. It's a wrap. That was a lot of fun, though. That was a lot of fun, and I like the idea of going casting with wine. Casting with wine on. on I, the, in the do you park. know what I think? This car- uh, Marina is, is on to something. something. She, is, she needs to like lock it down, copyright it, or yeah. or do something about it. it. This could be like the new Zumba or well, something. Do you know what I was? I saw the other day was that um, training session for drummers. Yeah. It could, this could it be could, this could be, be like the new training session, but for people with fishing rods <laughs> in the park. I like the idea. I hope everyone enjoyed uh, the show today. Yeah, yeah. And we've got Donnie Vincent on in two weeks' time. And if you want to check out any of Marina's stuff, then just head over to our description or follow our Facebook page or our Instagram page. All of the the stuff is on, on there. there. Or you can go find it yourself. Yeah, go find her. Marina, Marina Fishing. Gibson. Yeah, Marina Gibson Fishing and you'll find all of her awesome content. She's got some really, really good pictures, guys, on her Instagram account. So I would yeah. definitely recommend checking that out. And uh, definitely follow her on Facebook because you'll be able to see all the new films that she's putting out. Yeah, do that as well. And yeah, well... I think we're done. We are done. Uh, This podcast is supported and brought to you by the Scottish Association for Country Sports. Uh, Don't forget, we will be at the Northern Shooting Show this weekend. If you are listening to this podcast the day it comes out, otherwise that will be completely irrelevant to you if you listen to it a week later. And we will be on the the sax stand. And in particular, we will be doing a live podcast on the Sunday. So definitely swing by and come and speak to us between 12 and 1. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for listening.